Feed the Trolls. Today we have a very special guest, Chris Dudley from the band Under Oath. He's going to come talk to us about, I don't know, Nate, what, what, what did you talk to him about? Health? Dieting? Trolls of getting healthy, especially on tour. But I mean, um, I don't know, just healthy in general. When you get to a place where you're like, I'm not healthy, I want to get healthy. That can mean a lot of things from mentally, uh, physically, spiritually. Yeah, so Chris has some insight on that, I assume. And, uh, you know, just being in a band and touring all the time, he's got that insight too. So that'll be good to chat with him. I have one thing I want to say before we jump into the interview. Vocal View is going out on tour. I don't know when this is coming out technically because we're front-loading a bunch of these episodes. But if this is June 8th, we're already on tour. Uh, June 8th to July 25th or something. Uh, We're going to be going around in living rooms again um playing songs so if you would like to come to a living room and say hello listen to some tunes we do a Q&A we hang out we take pictures it's a big family event very fun uh vocalfew.com slash tickets is where you can pick up some tickets in advance these are private homes so like we don't post the uh, address online so you have to buy a ticket in advance and then we send you the address a few days before the show, but you'll know which town it's in. So some of these are like obscure towns that uh, aren't a markets, but that's the fun part of living room tours. Nate is that you get to play wherever you ever did thought about doing a scavenger hunt with your fans. Like you got to go to this house and then this house and then you maybe you'll find us geocaching for yeah, vocal field. Like one of those, one of those rooms that they, you get locked in, you have to try to escape. Yeah. Escape the escape room. room. Yeah. 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 No, it would be fun to like release geocaching clues to find you guys like playing like under a bridge in a small town. Well, it'd be fun. funny to instead of doing a living room tour to do an escape room tour where we all are locked in a room and part of the show is trying to escape. So here's Chris Dudley calling right now. Should I answer? Yeah. We're all in this together. Oh. We're all in this together. This journey. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> We're here with Chris Dudley, known for being an all-around cool guy, mostly. Also plays in a band that's called, all I have to go on. called Under Oath, but that's just, that's what he does in, in his spare time. That's a, that's a side note. When he's not really a, being a cool guy, once in a while he'll go on tour. <laughs> and Yeah, uh, that's my side hustle. I'm trying to, uh, trying to branch this, like, trying to be a nice person thing out into into music and seeing where it gets me. <laughs> you know, music is a dark place sometimes. We, we need some more nice people out there yeah, on stage. Or, yeah, or I was just thinking I could go completely the other direction and just, like, become, like, that band guy that's just, like, looks at people who are not in bands as, like, unhuman because I figure a lot of people do that. So I can, <laughs> it seems like a decent decent gig to have. I'll, I'll, yeah. I don't know, I'm still yeah. trying to figure it out. Are you saying you're only on on our podcast because we're we're in bands, or or we're in bands, and and therefore we are human enough to speak to? Well, I, no, I mean I have a I have a, a filter uh, uh, on my Twitter where if it's a uh, you know if it's a, a band account it'll come through, but if it's anybody who's in any other industry or just a normie, <laughs> then Normies. it just goes straight to the trash. A normie muggles. Yeah, <laughs> call them muggles, plebs, not non-band folk muggles. You know, it's that's kind of like why we wanted to bring you on this podcast because um, I I think this kind of started where I was like a friend of mine was texting me about the singer of um, Frightened Rabbit and everything they went through. Yes, 
and just asking me like why do you think this happens a lot and i was just like you know being in a band is unhealthy on all levels it's it just is 100 percent yeah and it takes it takes an extreme amount of discipline to be healthy and so we were i was thought you know you were tweeting something i was reading it and and it kind of came through my feed and i was like i just thought you know this guy seems like he would love to talk about the trolls of how to get healthy and that's what our podcast is called don't feed the trolls and we talk about just all the inner trolls the inner demons i guess you will and um just like spiritually mentally physically how do you get healthy and uh, i don't know thought it'd be a fun conversation yeah, it's it's an it's an interesting thing. I was actually just talking to somebody about that that situation yesterday, and I, you know, I think that when you when you tend to you know if you bring up like you know him or Chester from Lincoln Park or you know the, any number of people in our industry that have just decided that they don't want to live anymore, I think it extends into a broader conversation of like, well, why why is it that people in that position get that way? And I think that there's a uh, you know, I think there's a larger just mental health discussion to be had, but I think a big part of it is also, like you said, I'm on the exact uh, uh, same page as you on the on the tip of, uh, you know, being in a band mentally and emotionally in a lot of ways is really unhealthy. Um, it's really unhealthy in, uh, you know, if you're the type of person who does not take criticism well, or if you're a type of, if you're a type of person who is not, if you get into a band and you're not already like really well grounded in who you are as a person, um, that can be really unhealthy because then when people, you know, if they start, you know, saying negative things about you or your work or whatever, then you get to a spot. You're like, well, wait, well, this person's saying this and I'm not, I'm not really sure how I feel about myself. So maybe, maybe they're right. But also on the, on the flip side of that, if you are in a band, as you guys know, like you're in this awkward position where you just have people telling you all the time, how, how cool you are or how, you know, how good your music is or how, you know, how much they like you and all this stuff. And if you don't have a, a, a conscious center to be able to say like, well, Hey, I'm not actually that cool. I'm not as cool as you think I am. I'm not as good at what I do as you think I am, yeah. but I appreciate the fact that you enjoy it. Then it's real easy to get to that spot where you're like, well, damn, maybe I am awesome. Like, <laughs> I mean, all these people are saying it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that we see that time and time again with, you know, guys in bands where it's like, they get to that spot where their head is just like, way too big for them to hold up, you know? And then on top of that, you, you, uh, you stack them at some point becoming depressed because, you know, second guessing themselves. And then they're like, Oh, well, I'm in this position now where I am like looked at as this greater than human. Right. So I can't very well come to somebody and say like, Hey, like I, I need somebody to talk to I need, uh, you know, a, I need to go to rehab. I need uh, a friend to talk to because I'm supposed to be the, the, the big guy here. Well, the shame is even um, greater yeah. because like you're, you're just beating yourself up going, well, I don't have anything to complain about. You know, my band blew up and I'm successful and I have a career. And so why am I, why do I feel this way? And it's more of like a, a juxtaposition of expectations. People expect you to be happy because you've made it, you know, in their yes. eyes. And you know that you're just a flawed human who's struggling to make sense and meaning out of the world. 
And, uh, and I guess, yeah, like what you said with like Chester, um, there's like a sense of isolation that happens. I mean, I, we all grew up, you know, in the nineties with Kurt Cobain and stuff like that. Like the, who, who said famously the, that, um, I don't know what it, celebrity is a slow process of, or fame is a slow process of isolation, which is just like, yes, the disconnect from people that you need to be mentally healthy is inevitable with fame. Yeah. And I think there's also an element that comes with it of you get more and more acquaintances and unless you're intentional about it, less and less friends. Yeah. Yeah. And also like having just you, you, cause you can just scroll through your phone and just be like, man, I've got like a thousand people in, on here that if they called me, I would be like, Oh, Hey man. Like, and they would ask how's things. And I'm like, man, really good. And then I have like six people that if they called and asked me how things were going, I would actually tell them how things were going. You have you know? a thousand yeah. people yeah. who will ask yeah. you about guest list when you're in their town. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. You know, it's funny, Chris, it's actually you, uh, unbeknownst to you, you helped me with this this issue early on in my career because on the 2004 Warp Tour, I, you were the only guy that I signed autographs for. It wasn't me. Uh, I had, especially in El Paso, Texas, uh, there was like 30 kids from across the border, and I couldn't tell them that I wasn't you. And Language. So I was just like, so right away, you helped, hum- you humbled me in my career and made me realize I'm just a normal guy because I'm not. I'm not an under oath, and that's okay. I can, Man, I can survive. If, if, if there's anything I can do to help out, I, 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 I'm glad to be of service. But it's funny though, because like, yeah, I mean, I was 25 years old before we kind of started doing anything, and I think that helped me because it was like, even though I would say my personality is one that I am more on the sensitive side, so it is hard. But it wasn't just like it wasn't just the mental and the ego. It was like the bad sleep, the bad food. The late nights, the alcohol, uh, you know, people doing drugs, people not doing drugs. Well, the physical um, toll it takes on your body to perform, especially, I mean, sure, when you guys did a bunch of twirls on stage, it didn't look too hard. But, I mean, I, I remember watching Under Oath in, in 06 on Warp Tour. And, Chris, you you specifically were were really into headbanging super hard. And I have to imagine <laughs> yeah. that that had some sort of effect on your spinal column <laughs> after, you know, 12 years later. Uh, how do you how do you physically hold up uh, on the road? It, it, <laughs> <laughs> um, it definitely has uh, taken a toll. Um, I, uh, yeah, no, I actually have uh, all kinds of uh, uh, spinal neck issues. But I say uh, I like having a good time, so I don't give a, I don't give a rip. So that's you just right. have to rub goes, some you just got to rub some CBD oil on your neck, and you'll be good, right? Just rub some tussin on it, and you know I think I'm uh, I think I'm fine. You have a good uh, chiropractor, no, I assume. I actually, yeah, I, I go to a uh, it's like an upper cervical specialist, where basically it's like it's this uh, doctor that specializes in like only a few specific parts of the spine that are above the uh like the like your above your shoulder blades um because it was it was funny I, I had this issue um this was probably about a year and a half ago where um i couldn't like i couldn't swallow pro- properly unless i was unless i was looking directly forward oh weird and i was like i was like damn what the what the heck's up with that so i went to this doctor and they took a they took an x-ray and they're like 
they were like, damn, when, when was your car accident? And I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> Every night for the last 12 years? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty hilarious. So now they, they go, I go like, I go to them like every three weeks and they do like this, this thing where they have like this, this like little electronic gun thing and they shoot it under my ear and it like moves my spine a little bit, I guess. And every, everything's fine now, which is cool. It's like a, it's like a, it's like an adjustment. Yeah, I think I did went to something similar. Um, if like your vision's off, or if you've got like um, chronic headaches and stuff, they they adjust a vertebrae in your neck. And uh, yeah, it's funny because kind of when you hear like chiropractor, like you think like snake oil, or I do anyway. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was having all these issues, like you know, like swallowing. I my my back was all messed up. I was just having a, a number of things going wrong. Um, and then I went to this place once and they did this thing and, I, and like everything was fine after that. Cause I, cause I have, I actually have like a fused, two fused vertebrae and like in the base of my, uh, base of my, uh, like where my neck is, um, in the front. And that's, that's what was causing me not being able to swallow. Cause they're like poking into my esophagus. Jeez. Um, and, uh, they, they are, they were able to like, Basically, they said it's not going to get any better, but it's not going to get any worse at this point. So, um, so that's cool. I'm glad that I made it there when I did, and the doctor's awesome. And yeah, it's like having to like actually look after your health. And uh, so, what do you? Stuff. It's, you're on tour right now, right? Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Where are you guys yes. at? <laughs> uh, we actually have a day off today. We're in uh, Dallas. Okay. Um, we were in Springfield, Missouri last night, and then I don't know where we're going to be tomorrow. Not Dallas, though. How's the tour going? Dude, it's so good. Like, it's like, I don't know, man. I, I'm having this, this like, I don't even think it's a newfound appreciation, but just a, I'm, I'm keeping the perspective somewhat consciously, but also unconsciously of just like how not real life my life is. <laughs> like, the, yeah. I'm like, the fact that I'm able to do this, like I'm, I'm able to, play a the thing that i love doing most playing shows i get to do that one b that is the thing that that pays my bills which is crazy so like this is technically my job even though i don't even like calling it that and then like just my my family is healthy and my kids are awesome and when i go home from this tour i just get to hang out with my kids like i don't have another thing i have to do like i have you know, different like creative outlets and stuff like that. But, you know, projects I'm working yeah. on, but I don't have anything that I have to do. Right. Um, and uh, I don't know, like it's it's been really, really cool. Do you think that comes with age? Like because I went and saw Jimmy Eat World play a couple days ago and Jim said something like that from stage. He just when you've been doing something for this long and people still care, it's like you have this, you know, you wake up one day and you're like, man, I'm closer to 40 than I am 20. And. You know, when you're younger, you're 20, think your career starts taking off, things start happening. You just kind of feel like, oh, yeah, I ex this I deserve this. And then you get older and you're like, I don't deserve any of this. You know? Yeah, I think that age is a part of it. But also, um, you know, we broke up for a few years. We were not a band for a while. And I think that 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 was a huge thing as well, because like I started playing in Under Oak when I was 16 and I had never done anything but play in a band like that was yeah. that was just my that was my whole life and like i i think that there's only so much perspective that you can get if you've never actually taken a step away from doing something yeah um and you know because i got to a point where like 
I, I just didn't like traveling at all. Like I just, you know, when we would go home, my wife would be like, Hey, like, let's go on a vacation. I'm like, yeah, like, let's stay home. Like that's like, (laughs) that's a vacation for me, you know? And, And I still love doing it. I still, um, I still enjoyed it, but I don't think I, I, would have the the same amount of perspective and appreciation for it if we had just kept going because you know at that point tour was just something that it was just you know another part of this the cycle of stuff that under oath did aside from writing and recording yeah so um i i i have a newfound appreciation for writing music like i wrote when we were broken up i was writing music for the first time not because Under Oath was writing ever. And I was like, oh, I actually enjoy just writing music. Like, it's not a thing where, oh, Under Oath has a record coming out in a year, so I need to get started on work, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, so all in all, like, th- this whole thing is just, it's crazy, and I'm super thankful. And, yeah. you know, get, getting to hang out with people every night and uh, play shows and just, you know, enjoy good food and hang out with my friends. It's crazy. It's, the, the, it's, full, it's the sickest. The full, the, that's the sickest. It's uh, the full circle aspect of it is crazy. I mean, I, I always tell people if they don't know if they love someone that they're in a relationship with, they should just break up with that person and not talk to them for a while. And then that will give them the perspective, you know, as to whether or not they can live without them. And if you can live without a person, you should, you know, but uh, yes, I, I think that's 100%. The, I think that's the same thing with. With, with being in a band or going on tour, sometimes you just get so caught up in it. And yeah, like you said, it's the tour cycle and it's you got to do this record and we got to fly here and we got to do and everything is sort of dictated for you. And you, you're, you, you stop. I don't know. You stop feeling like you made the choice and well, then you and quit then, yes. for a while and then you go, wait, I actually did choose that. And I do have the perspective now that I can't live without it. And then you go back and you have all this gratitude once again. Well, the cool, the cool thing about this generation of, you know, artists and two is it, you know, when I want to say like early in like the late, the late last boom of tooth and nail and all those indie record labels, there was a lot of pressure to kind of like get to a major label. And then from there you could, so you had to kind of have this game plan of what to do. And that, I think that just, you spun, you spun your wheels, but now it's like, if you've got a fan base, you've done all that. You realize that you're not going to go through that big machine and become a huge artist. You're able to just to be whatever you are. You can just tour when you want and you can play when you want and you can do what you want. And you don't have this pressure of like, I've got to do all this extra press to, you know, make our career happen. Chris, do you guys have tour like length limits that you guys do since you have families now? We actually do now, which we, we never did before. Um, you know, before it was like, like I said, we had been doing this since we were teenagers. So like our whole mindset was always, we're, we're going to be road dogs and do under oath at, you know, at, at all times and everything else will come second. And if we're not going to do it like that, then we're just not going to do it at all, which is why we decided to not do it at all. But then when we realized that that was not smart and that we could actually do it in a different way. So what we did exactly. is when we came back together, we were like, we, we do want to do this again. Um, but we need to figure out a way to do it to where it works for everyone, you know, because like I've got three kids. Tim's got three kids. You know, James has three kids. And it's like, you know, we you know, we want to be good dads more than we want to do anything else. So what we did is we we implemented this like uh uh, if you want to call it an agreement, um, basically where we are all agreeing to tour for three months a year, um, um, which is not a lot at all. Um, 
And then anything after three months, if it's something that comes up and it's just like some crazy offer and it's like a no brainer, then yeah, you know, we'll do that. But after three months, none of us are obligated to say yes to anything. And, um, that's been working out really, really cool because we're saying no to a lot of stuff, which we never did before. Like right. we never would say no to anything that even remotely made sense. Yep. So even just, you know, looking at it, you know, as a business financially, whatever, like that's actually turned out to be a really good thing because when we're saying no to a bunch of stuff, it's like, oh, we can't just get them to play whatever thing we want. So then our value goes up because right. we're not around all the time. So overall, it's been it's been really, really cool. Well, you're doing, um, you you know, so- because, it sounds like you're doing it on your terms. Yes. Yeah. And because we're only doing it so often, like when we're out here, we're actually we're, we're in that only in that stage where we're like, oh, man, this is really cool. And we have yet to get to that point where we're like, all right, like another tour. Let's go. Yeah, you're like one of those season. You're like one of those seasonal restaurants that just opens up for like three months, and then yeah, it's like and, and go, just crushes. Get some <laughs> yeah, potatoes. and everyone knows. Yeah, we're kind of like the McRib in that <laughs> we, we're not really that great, but for some reason, like a yeah. ton of people just really, really like it. You're always selling and out. When it, yeah, and when it comes around, it just t- tends to do really well. But most people don't understand we're it. So. Well, that's like, the that's McRib. <laughs> that's funny. It's it's. Under well, yeah, is know, the McRib of bands now. I, <laughs> they keep coming back. And nobody Only, knows quite why. It's whatever the, the chicken nugget <laughs> stuff is. Like, they do that same process to beef, and I think that that's what the McRib is. <laughs> Gosh. I haven't uh, – I, I, I commend anyone who eats a McRib. Good – Good for you. That is that is a feat. You should put that on I your feet. I had one in feet. high school. Well, yeah, I had one in high school at the height of my of my my weight gain achievement. You've turned into a little bit of a a a, a workout man. Lose some weight. Lift some. You know, lift some weight and uh, get healthy in the physical sense. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, I, uh, I've been I've been trying. Um, I it, what I found is like because um, I when we basically when we broke up. Um, I, I didn't realize what my eating was like because, you know, we were on tour all the time. So, you know, we'd be playing, you know, these sets, but I'd be eating just like, like garbage cans amount, amount of food. And, uh, when we stopped touring, like I wasn't doing anything physical, but I never stopped eating like I was on tour. So I just ballooned, (laughs) like I hit almost 300 pounds within four months of being home. Um, and uh, Hell yeah. one day I was, yeah, oh, it was so much fun though. It was, man, it was so fun. Just ice cream every night. Yeah, yeah that, that, uh, that restaurant didn't close down for the holidays. Ready for the no, roll. It was McRibs all day long. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, so uh, one day I was uh, going to get off the toilet and my back went out. And uh, I was just laying there on the floor, and I was just like, "This sucks, man. This is stupid." So what a humbling moment! <laughs> oh, it really I'm was. Just Your like, pants I'm, down. I'm trying not to laugh at the image. <laughs> oh no, please do! Like that's, that was why it was such a ridiculous moment because I was looking at myself objectively at that point. I was like, "What the hell are you doing? That's Let's like, look at you." That's like, like the rock just... bottom scene in a movie. Like when 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 oh yeah when the main character finally decides to turn it around. The toilet plays a pivotal role in a lot of people's transformation 
I would yeah, say. The, the, usually the rock bottom at some point always involves you looking at a toilet at <laughs> yeah. some angle. Yeah. Mine was just yeah. the most, I think. Were well, your pants at your ankles and your wife comes in like, honey, what's wrong? 100%. Actually, my, my daughter came in first, which was great. So, uh, yeah. To add to the shame. <laughs> Don't look at me. I'm, I'm hideous. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's hard. I mean, it's like I remember just and it's all it's a lot of free food on tour and then you come home and you're like, "Oh, I have to pay for alcohol. I have to pay for food." Uh I'll get I'll I'll get in shape. I'll get healthy. <laughs> That'd be way better. Way yeah. cheaper. Yeah. Way cheaper. Yeah. So what'd you do? Yeah, no, so, um at that point I started riding a bike. Um and I started cutting out sugar and bread from my uh from my eating you do the low carb was, high fat uh no not really i wasn't even like super into any of that stuff it was more just like all right i eat a lot of sweets i eat a lot of bread um and i don't exercise so i'm gonna stop eating sweets stop eating bread and then i'm gonna exercise um and that was huge uh that i think i think that was like what kick-started it all for me um you know i dropped probably 30 pounds in like two months um, just from doing that and then it was it was just a um a progression from there really of you know just trying to uh you know just you know continually get better you know continually just try to get more healthy and honestly what's funny is being on this tour is like leading up to this tour and this tour has been the worst for me like like physically um because uh uh me and my family, we moved uh, a month before this tour started. It was like a month and a half before this tour started. And the house that we moved into didn't have a functioning kitchen when we moved in. Oh, yeah. So our whole thing was, okay, we're going to move in. And then day one, we got to rip the kitchen out and start start remodeling it. So I had like a month and a week before this tour where we didn't have a kitchen. So we were literally eating out every single meal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it was not it was not great choices eating out either. So uh, so there was that. And never then, uh, is. So, yeah, no, <laughs> I gained probably, gosh, probably twenty five pounds um, before this tour started. And I've been like spending this whole tour just trying to like get back into gear. But man, it's it's so much tour, free garbage yeah, fruit. Dude. Yeah, it's so hard. Tour is so hard. I mean, I basically like <clears throat> my whole my whole thing now because we you know. Uh, the classic crime only tour is like four weeks a year. So not even, mm-hmm. not even three months, but like we'll go out for two weeks at a time and I'll like get down into shape or whatever. And then on tour, I'll just gain 10, 15 pounds in like two weeks. <laughs> Dude, it's so easy to do. And yeah. it's so fun yeah. too. That's the thing. Yeah. Like gaining weight is one of the most fun things ever. Yeah. It's a feast. It's, it's, well, it's, it's, it's the feast and fast, you know, feast and famine. It's even worse when, when you're like, like uh, your, your, your band's barely making it. Cause it's, it's just hot and ready every, every night. night. <laughs> <laughs> or even, I feel like a piece of crap because it's not like I don't have options. Like we're at a point now where it's like, I can basically eat whatever I want, but there's just so much free garbage. Like that. I'm like, Oh, I could go eat this healthy thing. But there's these Reese's right here, and right. you know I don't want to lose energy during the set, so yeah. you know I better. I better someone get some sugar someone in brought there. a platter of barbecue on the bus. We'll do that. <laughs> I'd like to 
talk about another part of the unhealthiness of tour that I was kind of thinking of just now when you said three months. I think I think one of the benefits of three months is you only get to hang out with your bandmates for three months, so you like you like to be around each other. And I and I, you know you got a lot of dudes in your band, and I'm so I'm, I think three months is great because you can kind of get away from each other, and then when you're around each other, you like each other. But I think in terms of healthiness, one thing I was going to ask is, you know, in our band, people have changed over time. They became completely different people, and Sometimes that was hard because it was like, man, remember we started this band? We used to hang out all the time. And now, like, I don't even know who you are. You're, like, reading all these weird books and you're in this whole different space. Um, and that kind of lends to some of the unhealthiness of just interaction between band members. I'm not sure if your band was like is, is like that at all. Literally but... the exact same. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's been a huge thing with us, uh, you know, when we decided to get back together was just, like, us – realizing that we are different people because I because I think you know like I said when we got started we were so young and we were in a van and we were off you know all doing the same thing at the same time all the time and there was like it was never actually like spoken about but there was like a there was like an expectation that we were all like going in the same direction as far as you know becoming the same person. Right. And if there was ever a thing where, you know, you kind of like went off and wanted to do something else, it was like, well, why, why are you doing that? Why are you not doing the thing that we're doing? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and now like we're just in a spot in our lives where we are just, we're not just comfortable, but like we embrace the fact that we are all completely different people and we are, you know, loving each other in, that you know and Mm. and recognizing the differences that we have and not like looking at them as negative and it's like you know like there's you know dudes in my band that i hang out with more than others and that used to be like a kind of like a not just for not me in in particular but like if there were guys that would hang out more than others it would be looked at as a point of contention where it's like well what the hell you know why you know he always hangs out with this guy why doesn't he hang out with me but now it's just like yeah like that's what i like to do like you know, you know, Aaron and Spencer, they do most things together because they are roommates on tour and they, they hang out and, you know, uh, you know, me and me and Grant tend to go and do things together or me and, you know, uh, Dan, our, our videographer, will go off and do things together. I'll go off by myself a lot of the times. And it's not this like negative thing. It's like, you know, I love you for who you are and all those different uh, you know, those different personalities coming together and accepting them. It's made for a much more comfortable touring experience and a lot less awkward touring experience. Sure. Which I yeah. think is, but, but at, at the same time, like be still being friends enough to be able to call each other out. If, if it's like, if it's like weird. Well, it's funny. Cause there's like some independence that you get. Like we took out a young band on our last tour and they did everything together. Just like you're saying, like they were always together. They were everywhere they went. They were just like this little pack. And I was like, Oh, that's because if one guy leaves, everyone talks shit about him. So you can't even leave yeah. at that. age. <laughs> yeah. But even just like, you're just young and you just like, you don't know what to do with yourself. You're in some new city for the first time. And you're like, let's all wander off to the coffee shop. And then you get a little bit older and you you get this independence. And then you're like, too, you're just like, no, I'm going to do my own thing. And I think that's sad because as your band, I missed, I had this other conversation with a friend that's just like, you know, I'm glad we got to tour before cell phones, even smartphones, because we kind of had these moments where we were just kids in a van driving and we had nothing to do. 
And dude, I, I, we literally had that exact same thing happen two days ago. Um, our guitar player, Tim, it was his birthday. So we rented a car and we drove to this distillery in, in Kentucky and to take this tour for his birthday. And yeah. it was, uh, it was me, our bass player and both of our guitar players in the van, uh, on the way to this distillery. And we were just like, listening to the same music, talking, laughing, blah, blah, blah. And like, Tim was like, man, do you guys ever miss like, you know, even though as hard as it is touring in a van, a lot of times, like just being in a van and like all being in the same spot and, you know, just yeah, sort of camaraderie that comes with that. And we were all like, yeah, like, you know, that's awesome. But then everybody was laughing. They're like, yeah, but we'll take a good night's sleep over <laughs> yeah. being friends any day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah. nostalgia is nice, but like the reality yeah. is not so sweet. Yeah. But yeah, it, I'm, I'm 34. I want to get a good night's sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just having that bond. And I think you I think you need that bond. I remember after we did that first Warp Tour, we kind of came home. We did it in a van, which just sucked. Yeah, I did. And and we, I did it too in a van once. We We came home and we were like, it was just this evaluation time. Like, are we still going to be in a band or not? Cause that was the worst thing we've ever done with our life. Um, We we said this on a previous podcast where Bill Murray gave some marriage advice. He said, if you want to marry someone, take them on a world trip. And if you come back and you still like them, marry them in the airport. Uh, (laughs) And I I would say the same thing goes for Warp Tour. If you want to be a band, go do Warp Tour in a van for three weeks. And if you still want to be a band afterwards. If you don't break up. Sign a deal. Do Yeah, do it for, take it seriously. Well, you know, you just know, you know, if those guys are actually going to put in the time and the work, because after that, you know, everything's easy. But I would say that, like, you know, I missed some of um, I was college roommates with all of my band members. And then as we started touring, I just noticed there was this this huge change in everything. And I know you guys have a lot of uh, controversy lately from what I've been reading here and there just about the spiritual changes. And I would say that anyone who's gone through like the Christian band machine just can't come out the other end normal. It wounds you. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, I know that you're more vocal about that stuff than maybe other guys. Could you talk a little bit about that of like the healthiness of like, because if you're a collective unit and you're like a band that's known to be a Christian band, I don't even know what that word means anymore, but people, people think they know what that means. That could be hurtful because you're like, I'm, I'm my own person with my own thoughts. I'm not a collective here. And yeah, so yeah. I, yeah, I think that, um, you know, that's obviously a, a, a huge thing and it's, it's, uh, I think that it's being talked about as far as we're concerned more now because of the fact that, um, you know, the lyrics on this new record, like Aaron and Spencer are very like, it, it's, it's not like, um, it's not as metaphor. They're letting it all hang out. That they're talking about. Yeah. And like, you know, and I had a, I had a talk with Spencer before we started writing this record and he was just like, man, like I just, if we're going to do another record, I want to just put everything out there. He's like, if this is the last piece of art that I ever create, I want to be able to sit back and just sigh and just be like, there, I did it. Like that is who I am. Right. And, you know, but we, but we haven't, con- we haven't considered ourselves a Christian band or called ourselves a Christian band for, I think we stopped doing that in like 2011 mm-hmm. or so. Um, 
And, you know, even if you look at the, the lyrics off our last album. It doesn't matter, man. You can't backslide from that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> preach, 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 preach. They'll never let you yeah, go. It, yeah. It, it's <laughs> funny, though, because I was, I was talking to this guy the other day and um, was saying how if you, if you look at the lyrics on our last record, like, you know, they just have songs where Spencer's talking about, you know, wanting to drown himself and uh, all this, like, just really heavy depressive stuff and like we we never like heard a word from any of it sure um but then you know you say a curse word when you're trying to make a point on a record and then it's like oh man where are you at spiritually and it's like <laughs> what about that last time when i just said i wanted to freaking yeah kill myself like where are you at you we know? have yeah. we have very fickle um, yeah. cultural identifiers and once you go outside the linguistic framework <clears throat> of what's okay deemed okay by that cultural group they will identify you as outside of that and be concerned obviously but i mean I, my, my, yeah. band, my band felt that same thing it, yeah and and, I, and that's a real thing you know and it, it's it's weird um but at the same time i'm like i've had more in-depth conversations about uh spirituality and what that means and my personal faith and you know people coming up and telling me about the struggles struggles that they're having in their faith or lack thereof within the past month and a half than I have in the past five years previous. Hmm. And I think a lot of it is because the record in so many ways, you know, it's lyrically, it's 100% Aaron and Spencer and where they are or where they were when we were writing the record. Um, and so much of it just deals with doubt. And right. like, I, I'm not sure if I believe, or I, I think I don't believe, but being like super upfront about that, um, and there's, you know, a lot of people that I, for, you know, for one reason or another are able to connect with that. And, you know, I consider myself a Christian and I, I look at these conversations as, as, as healthy as like, you know, are you believe, do you believe what you believe because you actually believe it or you believe what you believe because you've just never thought to not Right. Believe it. Well, I was going to say, there is something interesting about that. Like, you know, like I've listened to a lot of David Bazan interviews and it sounded like when he said it fully said, I'm an atheist, he, he, he tends to only talk about God and spirituality. It's funny how <laughs> the conversation you know, gets started when you start being honest a bit. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like he's having more spiritual conversations than ever by saying that he's not in that camp. So it's interesting how that happens, but uh, keep going. Yeah, it really is. And and I and I don't know. Like I think that it's I think that it's complicated. Um and you know, I think that we're just kind of figuring out where we are sitting with that whole thing. Like, you know, I don't I I haven't felt like we've really been like involved in the quote unquote like Christian culture in quite a while and you know, that's not really where we where we belong. But it's 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 interesting seeing the different conversations being had around, I guess, around us. Um, and it's I don't know, man, it's 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 weird. I just know that we've throughout our career, we have we valued honesty above everything else. Hmm. And I love the fact that, like, you know, like like last night, Spencer was talking about one of the new songs and um, he was just saying he's like, man, like, I really don't want to talk about where I was when I wrote this song, but I need to, because I think it's important. And he was just, you know, this song where he was, you know, there was a point in time where he was seriously considering killing himself when he was writing this song and he reached out and got help. 
And, um, you know, kind of hearkening back to our earlier conversation, just he was in a spot where he's like, yeah, like I can't do this. Like I am going to kill myself if I don't talk to somebody. And he, Hmm. one night he just called Aaron and he was like, Hey, like, I don't know who I need to talk to, but I got to talk to somebody because I don't have Hmm. much longer Hmm. if I don't. And man, that just, that being like spoken aloud has had has led to really crazy conversations that we've been able to have on this tour like Mm. people coming up almost every single night saying man like you know i don't know you know a ton about god or christianity but i know that i also wanted to kill myself like can we talk about that and like me as for me as a christian like that's amazing because i'm able to come at it from my perspective and just be like hey here's where here's where I sit on it. Like, here's what I think. And then, you know, Spencer has his perspective from actually like being in that. And Tim has his perspective and we're all having these conversations with these people, whether it be online or in person. And it's just like, I have to think that like, that's, there's no way that that's not an amazing thing, you know? And if Spencer saying, you know, fuck in a song is the thing that's going to be able to let me have that conversation with somebody bring it on yeah like, i'm yeah i'm all for it yeah and it also so. you know it also sounds like you guys used to be a bit or at least expected to be a bit of a monoculture or a monolithic sort of like you know solid front and now that you guys have lived some you you've your paths have have diverged in a way but you're 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 okay with that you're okay with 100 percent and, yeah, and, you know, yeah, I, and that, that's a hard spot to be in too. Like, I, I or it, not a hard spot to be in, but it was a hard spot. I think for me personally to get to, like, just coming to that spot where I'm like, yeah, like I am a Christian, and there are guys in my band who do not identify as being Christian, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and you know, but that was you know, that was a you that know, takes that a, lot a lot to get of, over. It does. And I think especially coming from the spot where we were, you know, where we were all on the same page and we were all on the same band doing the same thing. Hmm. And, you know, just coming to that that spot where like, like, man, like I love you coming to the spot where you're able to say, I love you more than, uh, more than will be expressed in me just wanting you to be a Christian, you know, like I love you as a person and I, and you know, be, being able to come to the spot where you realize like, no, I actually love this person as a person and not because he believes the same thing that I, well, it's, it's an insane experience. I, I, when you're, I remember when, when the first batch of guys in our band were getting married, I was like, it's weird to watch somebody marry somebody they want to spend the rest of their life with. And I on paper have spent 10 times more, more hours with that person before they have. And you're, you're, you're thinking to yourself, I know this person so well, and they know me so well. And there's very few things that you can do as a human being to to put yourself through quite a situation. Another thing I was going to think about, it too, is that you play heavier music. And so our band had a pretty split female-male fan base. We didn't really have an angsty crowd. And to speak a little stereotypically, I'm sure there's a lot of dudes in the, in, at the shows and a lot of dudes with just maybe a little more anger, a little more frustration can you speak to that a little bit? Because they're probably connecting to the energy and just the just let it out. And it seems to be a little more guy dominated oriented type of, of music. And so you probably have a lot of dudes coming up to you with just don't know how to get it. They don't know what to feel or think or. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's weird because, um, you know, I, I think that 
you know, there is a there is a mix of, you know, male and female because because our, our music has kind of gone all over the place over the years. Like, you know, we released a record that was like sure. pretty, pretty like singy. Like there was still a lot of screaming and heavy stuff, but it was pretty singy as well. And then we went a little darker and then, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, that, all over the yeah. Place. but yeah, yeah, but but that that being said, like we've always, um, you know, kind of been in, in a more male dominated uh field i guess you know just coming from heavy music in general um and that that does bring with it its own set of interesting dynamics but one of the great things i love about it is there is like an angst that comes with it but when you look out you can see the release that people are getting and Mm -hmm. it's not it most of the time it's not like a like an anger thing it's more of just like a you know, I've been dealing with this thing and now I'm just going to stand here and I'm just going to like scream. And it's, you know, and you see people walking out of the shows and it's like, it's like almost like a breath of fresh air. And, and I love that. Cause I think that that's something that you, it, it's a, it's a unique experience, I think to heavy music versus any other sort of music where, you know, you can have that sort of, that sort of release, um, yeah. And I, I love it. Yeah. I, think it's, that, I think it's great. Like, there's that show <clears throat> that Pete Holmes is on uh, Crashing on HBO. Do you watch that? I've seen the first couple episodes. It's I pretty freaking good. love that oh, guy. One he's, of the, he's so great. Yeah, his his podcast is great. One of the um one of the episodes, the girl uh, this girl tells him that she sometimes goes down to the subway and waits for the um train to come and then when it comes she screams while it's like going by. <laughs> And like that, and she gets this incredible release from from screaming at the train, and yeah, uh, and I I just had that image while you were because I'm thinking that has to feel good, like and you're making people feel good, and and I know a lot of people will will say you know hardcore, post hardcore, whatever it is, it's it's angry, it sounds angry, but it's actually cathartic. I, I, yeah, and I and what's funny is people don't really real people don't think about this, but when I'm on stage playing like the entire show, I'm looking directly at the people who are doing this stuff. So it's like, yeah, I'm concentrating on playing, but like I'm when you're in the crowd, like looking up at the band and you're like doing whatever you're doing, you don't think about the fact that like, Oh, I'm completely on display for someone else to just look at every facial movement I'm making every emotion that I'm having. But it's like, I'm paying attention to that stuff. And like some of the most like, unexplainable emotions I've seen come out of people and like, uh, like connections that I've been able to make with people without ever talking to them, like looking at somebody and realizing, like knowing that moment, what it is that they're going through Hmm. and seeing them working through something, whether they might be like crying while they're screaming and just all this like crazy stuff and like looking at them and like having that understanding of like, I see what you're doing right now. And that is so sick. And just like, I, I love it. It's, uh, I, it's unlike anything else I can think of. And it's, you know, but that's more for them that it feels more about them, less about you feeling cool about yourself. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's 100% that like, I, I love just, you know, whether it's a, whether it's a humongous show or like a smaller show, I always like to find like, just two or three people that I can see are like in it and trying to kind of have that same 
experience, like making eye contact, you know, pointing to them and like, just being like, I see what you're doing. I see you. That's yeah. awesome. Let's, let's do it at the same do, time. Do you feel like that's, <laughs> yeah, that's rad. Do you feel like that's easier if you're not like the front man of a band where, yeah, that's an interesting conversation. Cause I, um, we had a show last night and there was a, the, the crowd was, it was good. Like there was, a, there was a lot of people there and objectively it was a great show, but it was, you guys know, it was one of those shows where the crowd was just a little weird hmm. and you yeah. can't put your finger yeah. on it. And we were talking, we were talking backstage and I was like, I was like, yeah, like it was a little weird, but you know, it was, it was cool. Like I had a good time and Spencer said, yeah, but you know, you're not in the front with the microphone. It's different. Hmm. And I think that there is something to that because like, I think I've never been a front man. I've never been the guy in the front with a microphone, but I have to believe that that's a, just a completely different experience because you are the guy that's interacting with the audience and you are the guy that people are watching almost all the time. So you feel more I, I vulnerable about the little, yeah. It, it, yes. Those little intricacies of what's going on and, and idiosyncrasies of the crowd. You, you, you can take them personally. Why? Well, it's like my guitar players can always just, they just put their back to the crowd and, and rock out with the drummer. Yep. And they don't have, mm-hmm. they don't even have to see the crowd or anything. But it's stupid if you're a singer and you put your back to the crowd. <laughs> you're not really allowed exactly. to do that. <laughs> yeah, because if I want to, I can choose to just focus on my keyboard, mm-hmm. focus on my playing, just have fun to myself, and I can do an entire show that way, and almost none, no one will be the wiser. But right. you can't do that as a singer. So it's right. like that. I think that's a really interesting dynamic, and I. I would yeah. never want to be a frontman of a band, but I would like to have that experience just to be able to juxtapose it with mine to say like, oh, okay, I get that. I could you see know? you. Yeah. I could yeah. see you doing an Andrew WK style side project. <laughs> <laughs> and I would, yeah, I, I would, would I, I would, would t- I would totally support it. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. If, if I get my, if I get my Kickstarter going for my, uh, for my side project record, I'll hit you guys up. All right. All right well, there yeah. you go. Now I'll give, we'll, we can give you lots of pointers on the Kickstarter too. Yeah. There's, um, there's something else that I was, there was something else I was thinking about real quick, and this might be kind of hard to, to make sense of, but it's like when you're, I, I felt this the other night, I was watching Jimmy Eat World. They played a new song off their last record and I liked that band and I, and I knew their previous, their, their latest record, but nobody in the crowd did. Mm-hmm. Nobody was singing along. And I was kind of looking around like weird, like, but I've seen this with so many bands. It's like when you're a Jimmy Eat World band, you're known for that record. You know, you're mm-hmm. known for the middle. That's your song. And you're known yeah. for Bleed American. That's your record. And you, but yet they've been continuing to put out these records. And I feel like, you know, a band like you guys, you, you know, it's hard because you're known for a couple records. Like I, my, my band was known for a song and a, and a record. And you, but years later, you're playing these songs to these people and you, as an artist, you kind of have this problem because you want them to be into all the stuff you do, all the artwork you do, but it's not always that way. And that could be frustrating as a front man when you're like, oh, they, they just kind of like these songs and they don't really like this other stuff. And Mm -hmm. they like this record. They don't really like the new record. And He's talk talk a little bit about that. It's just like yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I, I think um, it's uh, for me and for us. I think we're super thankful because we I, we obviously never got the size of a band like Jimmy World, 
but sure. Be- sure, I sure. think because because of that, we we're known for records and not a song or songs, which huh. is like I think a best case scenario because it's like we literally have like you know we we had you know uh, you know they're only chasing safety, which did really well. Define the Great Line did really well. Lost in the Sound of Separation, which came out after Define the Great Line, did really well as well. But for it, whatever that cultural thing that you can't put your finger on, it didn't connect with as many people. But with the the people that it did connect with, right. it connected really, really mm-hmm. hard with, which we found. So like when we play those songs, that's been awesome. Um, and then the last album that we did before we broke up um, – you know, I think I can say objectively now it was, you know, it was kind of weird because that record was, you know, Aaron wasn't in the band when we did that record. So that was a big change and it was a lot heavier. And I think that was because myself and Tim were kind of like spearheading that record. So I think that um, that record, I don't know, that didn't connect as much as some of the other ones did, but now we're in a spot where we have a new record, which is way different than anything we've done in a lot of ways, but that is connecting on a whole new level. And it's really cool to see, cause we didn't know, you know, a lot before we went on on this tour, as far as the new stuff versus the old stuff. But now like we, we know the songs that we have that are like, quote unquote, like crowd pleasers, like the songs that people want to hear, the records that people want to hear songs off of. Right. And yeah. now when we're sprinkling in these new songs, like there are specific songs that we didn't expect that are like connecting and people are like singing along to mm. and moving around a lot. And then there's other songs where like they don't lend themselves to that. Like they, it might, it might be a slower song or something and people are still enjoying it. But yeah, I don't know. Like I, overall, I'm just really thankful that we have records worth of material that, you know, where some bands, it would have been like well, I a mean, record. For me, it's, it's, it's like some of the older stuff, you know, like we did a, re- a couple shows last year. I just, it was hard. Some of those songs were hard to play. I was like, uh, this is like a different time in my life. It's more that's more the thought, like y- you know, w- where you are with this song versus where they're where they are with this song. Dude, it's so it's so different, and sometimes you kind of have to put on the hat. Yeah, I think we made a a for for a long time we were in a spot like for years we were in a spot where like this is not us. We don't want to play these old songs, and, and it can, kind of being like that, like tortured artist about it yeah yeah. (laughs) i think that we not i think we definitely came to a spot like a realization i think it's a thing that maybe came with age but we were like man like these songs mean so much to so many people yeah who cares just play them yeah and it it comes and it comes full full circle too right like where like i've noticed that too it's like i didn't like playing a song because we had to play it for five years straight and then we took like a few years off and then i like it again because it's fun again it's like I get in yes. touch with that 22-year-old kid well, well, who wrote it. Nostalgia's back, too. Yeah. Nostalgia. Everyone wants the bands, you know, everyone wants the bands that they listened to 10 years ago to go on tour again. And Yeah, uh, but I think I think for us it, we we found a really interesting spot <clears throat> with the old songs because it's not like we are like finding a newfound passion for playing those songs. It's more like we have, but between, I, between us as members, like we have this 
understanding that like, man, like we wrote these songs when we were really young musically in a lot of ways, they're like, you know, we view them as kind of sort of like immature, but we have a newfound enjoyment in playing them. Like almost like kind of like an inside joke. Like there's this one thing where we have this one old song we play and I have this piano part that I think is probably one of the worst things I've ever written. And now when we play <laughs> that song, like I'm playing that part and Spencer and Aaron come back to me and they like do this little, like, like giving the peace sign with, both thing with both hands and jumping up and down like yeah go dude and like just like that sort of stuff like the, the crowd is having like a blast and we are also having a blast seeing how much fun they're having but also enjoying it on another level right right so it's like yeah cool. I, it's yeah it's an interesting thing that's funny uh, okay well let's just do one more question because i'm sure you have uh, plenty to get to and i think we've had you on here for close to an hour so thanks for your time uh, oh, dude! Of course, it's been awesome, and uh, and we we appreciate it. Well, yeah. what what's what, this is kind of we've talked a bit about health and and mental health and physical health and how to balance you know work life and um, what's what's just one thing. So so my band we used to call it uh, road madness. You know, after a certain amount of time on the road, you start to like lose all sense of consequence and you kind of lose your mind. <laughs> what's one yeah. thing on the road that if you don't get you'll you'll start to feel crazy um for me now i've realized that it's time alone hmm. um it, it took me a while to be comfortable with that um because i've always viewed myself as a very like social person very like i want to be the guy who's always hanging out with everyone mm -hmm. um and i viewed time by myself for a really long time is like a negative thing. Um, I viewed it as like, Oh, like you're, you know, being, I, I don't even know what I would call it, but I just viewed it as a negative thing, but I've come to realize, I think it's been probably just over the past year or two. Like I like just getting up in the morning and putting on my headphones and just, and just leaving and just going and, you know, finding some park or going and getting breakfast or doing whatever and just having time by myself um, and yeah, I, I don't know if that's going to like resonate with a lot of people, but, um, you know, I, I think that there may be, you know, a few people that see themselves as I saw myself, you know, I love, I love people. I love talking to people. I love hanging out, but I've now come to, uh, the realization that like, if I'm going to be the person that I want to be, I need to have that time just to, you know, not talk to anybody yeah. and be okay with it. And, and, and in a hyper-connected um, yeah. society... We we rarely get enough time for for silence or solitude or just aloneness, uh, and, yeah. and connecting in that way with ourselves. So one hundred percent, yeah, awesome, well, I, dude, hell yeah, we yeah, thank you guys for doing this. this <laughs> dude, really cool. Thanks for yeah. be, th thanks for thanks for being so open and for um, not letting uh, a couple of plebes and normies uh, slip through the cracks <laughs> on Twitter. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to. Uh, after doing this, I'm gonna have to reset my. Uh, yeah, you gotta reset there. it. You yeah. guys were cool anyway. Yeah, it's, you know, I, you know, I'll, bands I'll with it. bands with less than 100k followers on Twitter will will no longer be able to GTFO. contact blue check or GTFO. blue check or <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the worst part of doing this, I have to admit, the trolls of, of thinking about this is you, you know you, we've all been in so many of these interviews. And when you're the guy asking the questions, because you're always negative, when you're like, what kind of questions were those? Who are these people? <laughs> uh, it was often the response that we had. It's like, oh, 
crap, I got to be the guy that doesn't ask stupid questions now. Um, yeah, but I think that's also when you're doing something that's less of a long form podcast type thing. Because I think when it's something like this, where it's more of a conversation, it's not so much of a thing. But if you're having to do like a 15 minute interview, it's like, yeah. So ha- tell me about the new record. Hot like, take, sound bite. Yeah. 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 Well, that. you you can be found on Twitter uh, at Chris Underoath and. Um, you're a very friendly guy. Sometimes you respond to people, it seems, so that's nice. I, I try to as much as possible. The people that get through the filter. <laughs> and you'll be and you'll be at you'll you'll most likely be at the Jamba Juice, not Five Guys, when you're in town, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be at the uh, the, the, the the local organic uh, farm to table free range uh, yeah. lemongrass shots place. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's, yeah, that's me. Yeah, but the, right. but, AKA the only option you have on tour is Jamba Juice usually. <laughs> yeah, like oh, this is it. You know, it's either Subway. Or Jamba juice. Okay. I'll take Jamba. Yeah. yeah. Every the, big, time. the big peanut butter chocolate thing because it's a smoothie, so it's healthy. Yeah, exactly. Dude, I love it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And uh, have yeah. fun on tour. And uh, get, right. ho- get home to those right. kids in one piece. All right. Thank you guys very much for doing it. I appreciate it. All right. Bye bye, Chris. All right. Take care. Yeah. But the bands on the and they're waiting to go We gotta drive all night Into the show in Chicago Or Detroit I don't know We do so many shows in a row And these towns all look the same We just passed the time Wander around backstage Till those lights come up And we 